Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The Bigger Picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Welcome to The Bigger Picture. And we've got Japan in focus, as well as the latest headlines around China to unpack. And also some data overnight on Wall Street pointing to a slowing economy. So let's unpack it with Abhilash Narayan. He is the Senior Investment Strategist at Standard Chartered Private Bank. Good morning, Abhilash. How are you doing today? Good morning, Ryan. Hey, so let's start things first with Japan because it does look like it is getting quite a bit of interest as it seems to buck the trend when it comes to economic news and also some growth surprises as well. How much momentum is going on with Japan's, I guess, drive? From our end, we are quite bullish, both on Japanese equities as well as, as the yen. Now, if you, if you turn our focus to economic data, I mean, we, we all saw that the, the second quarter GDP print in Japan was much, much stronger than, you know, most uh, what most analysts expected. And that is being driven by strong domestic demand, demand as well as strong exports, which have been held by the weak currency. Now, looking ahead, we think that increased tourist arrivals, especially from China, will also be something that's supportive for, for Japanese economy. Uh, So overall, we think that Japanese equities, uh, which are trading at around 14 times PE, uh, relative to, you know, what the 19 times PE that we see in US are quite cheap. Uh, And looking ahead, we expect stronger corporate earnings, increased buybacks, uh, and boost in dividends to be a key tailwind for Japanese equities. So, you know, we think it makes sense to add exposure to them. When you talk about Japan, the Japanese yen also comes into the equation. So we've been seeing quite a bit of weakness in the past few months. Uh, Where is it going and how much to the extent, will it help exports? Well, uh, clearly, uh, a weaker yen helps exports and a stronger yen would, at the margin, be be detrimental to exports. But if you focus on yen alone, uh, obviously, we've seen uh, recent yen weakness being driven by a combination of the strength in dollar, as well as, you know, some, some disappointment uh, by market participants that, you know, Bank of Japan didn't necessarily let yields rise to 1% as, you know, what we expected. But, you know, overall, we think that uh, Bank of Japan will uh, end its yield curve control policy in the next 6 to 12 months. Because if you think about it, Japanese inflation, core inflation is at 4.3% and Bank of Japan is still doing QE. It is still, you know, uh, having negative interest rates, whereas US with 4.5% inflation has rates at 5.5%. So there is a lot of pressure on Bank of Japan to tighten monetary policy. And when that happens, we think that could push uh, dollar yen from around 145 level to, uh, right now to 130 over the next 12 months. Yeah, Abhilash, you pointed out the US dollar uh, strength was one factor. And one factor for the dollar strength has been a rise in bond yields. And we saw bond yields for the 10-year notes touching a 16-year high recently, touching 4.36%. It has since retraced. How should investors be thinking about 10-year bonds right now? Is this pretty much the peak? And where does it go from here after some, um, I guess, slower than expected data overnight? Yeah, I mean, from from our perspective, we think that uh, 10-year treasuries are quite attractive and the risk reward uh, for investors is quite asymmetric. So we think that, you know, 4.25, 4.3, somewhere there is likely to be uh, the peak for yields in in this cycle. So there's very little upside in yields. But if we think about, you know, some of the factors which have driven the increase in yields, uh, one of them has been, you know, concerns around excess supply, concerns around more Fed rate hikes. I think most of them are overdone. So we think that over the next 12 months, uh, 10-year yields could actually decline from around 4.1% to 
to around 3.25%, which could mean that uh, investors who add exposure to 10-year yields now could be looking at, you know, close to double-digit returns should, you know, U.S. economy start to slow down and, and should uh, 10-year yields decline to 3 to 3.25%, which is our target. So, you know, very attractive risk reward from our perspective. All right. So talking about overdone, is there a sense in China that perhaps the selling is overdone because um, there's been a slew of bad news, but now there is some hope that we might see some stimulus down the road? What's your take on where China is right now? Anyone who's been in the markets knows that it's it's very, very hard to, to, to time a bottom, especially in stock markets. But, you know, if you focus on the economic data, obviously we have seen uh, increased concerns from investors around Chinese economic slowdown. At the same time, we've seen Chinese authorities come out with a number of different measures to try and support the economy. Just la- overnight, we've seen a news coming through on, on Bloomberg that Chinese banks may uh, lower the existing mortgage rates and lower the deposit rates as well in order to, you know, boost the economy and the consumer confidence. So at the margin, that, that's a positive. But if you think about it from a corporate earnings perspective, the, the second quarter earnings season that we've seen so far has been lackluster, lackluster for lack of a better word. You know, uh, only 32% of the companies have reported, but, you know, earnings have surprised to the downside. And only five out of 11 sectors have delivered positive earnings surprise. So, you know, we need to see a more concerted and, and stronger fiscal stimulus to come through uh, for, for markets uh, to, to really turn um, um, more bullish uh, on, on Chinese equities. So, you know, we could trade in a range for, for, for a while, but we, we need stronger stimulus measures for, for the sentiment to turn decisively. Yeah, bless you. China's not doing well. It also means commodities demand is typically not that rosy as well. There's an impact on commodities currencies. Of course, in mine would be, for example, the Aussie dollar is down around 3.6% in the past month. How should investors be looking at the commodity currency, commodity currency space right now? Well, uh, you're absolutely right. So we've seen both Australian dollar and the New Zealand dollar uh, sell off quite, quite dramatically over the past month. Uh, Canadian dollar has also, you know, weakened, but to a lesser degree. Now, we think that, you know, if you look at some of the indicators of commodities demand, such as steel demand, etc., or iron ore demand in China, that still seems to be, you know, somewhat resilient. Uh, So we think that, you know, uh, as Chinese authorities stimulate the economy and and sort of stabilize the growth expectations, and possibly we could see a rebound in economic growth uh, later this year or early 2024, that should be supportive for for commodity currencies, uh, commodity prices and commodity currencies. Additionally, yesterday, uh, you know, the incoming RBA governor, Bullock, said that, uh, you know, she's open to to further rate hikes, which is again a positive for Australian dollar. So, you know, in in the near term, uh, over the next three months, we think Australian dollar could touch 0.66, Kiwi dollar could touch 0.61. So we are looking for near term up side in both these currencies, which appear to be oversold from a technical perspective. All right, Abhilash, just to wrap things up, um, in terms of allocation, how should people be positioning themselves towards the end of the year? We've been seeing quite a bit of a rise in tech names, and then NVIDIA came along and said, hey, it's still going to be quite rosy down the road, so should we still be loading up on tech? We are overweight on technology sector in, in the US, and as you pointed out, uh, there is a strong momentum behind you know the AI-driven stocks. So it's so from our perspective, it, you know, it makes sense not to stand in the way of, of momentum, uh, but clearly valuations are getting stretched. So, you know, uh, at some point uh, later in the year, it might be worth to take some profit on the technology rally and, and r- rotate into, uh, you know, less expensive sectors. But for now, we think that there is more room for, for technology sector to rally. 
Now, uh, from an allocation perspective, it might be worth for investors to to, uh, to take some profits uh, after the rally we've seen in U.S. and allocate more to Asian equities as well as Japanese equities because, as we discussed earlier, uh, there are a number of factors which point towards a more positive outlook for Japanese mm. equities on the next 6 to 12 month horizon. All right, Japan on the upside potentially. You've been chairing with Abhilash Narayan. He is the senior investment strategist for Senate Chartered Private Bank. Abhilash, thank you for your time this morning. Thank you, my pleasure. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.